Hello, everyone. Welcome to History After Dark. This is our weekly spicy dive into history, all with a big dose of humour um, and possibly the odd swear word. Tonight, so I'm with Catherine and Kat, obviously, as we usually are, um, with History After Dark. And tonight we're talking ghost stories and the telling of ghost stories throughout history as well. So we thought this would be quite fun. We're going to we're going to talk about like, like the history, well what we found out about kind of history of ghost stories and we have a few personal experiences to bring in to the mix as well. We will do our best to remember to repeat the question or whatever your comment is before we go ahead because if you're on if you're watching this on catch up or you're listening to this on the podcast then you're not going to know what on earth we're talking about because you won't see the <laughs> comments that came up live. So we will do our best to remember to do that, but that is why we're doing that as well. Um, hi, I can see some familiar faces joining us. Hi, welcome. Thank you for being here and spending um, spending another evening with us. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and thank you for joining us. If you're new, you're very brave. We will try and be gentle um, yeah. you know yeah will we will we though no not no. really not really speak for yourself <laughs> yeah stay only if you are a little bit tough already um but yes I mean we didn't put anyone off with last week's talk so um so I didn't get any go. hate mail or anything like no that. hate mail not from this anyway <laughs> the usual sources but not from this yeah, we haven't created any, <laughs> any new further enemies. enemies. Yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> Gentle it, it is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. So why don't we uh, get started? I am going to first of all come to Catherine because I think you've managed to find something the farthest back. I think so. Because you've got all the way back to Roman times, haven't you? Mm. Yes, I have. Oh, <laughs> um, so essentially a ghost a ghost is like um somebody who has come back from the dead or this the idea is, is is that the spirit is separate from the body and then you take that and you can say well actually this spirit can carry on it can come back um and of course people get frightened of that because it, it's the unknown and it's the fear and there's often the story attached that the spirit will come back because it's not very happy about something so it could be that they have experienced something traumatic in a particular location, which is why often a place can have a presence and, you know, and, and that particular ghost or spirit or spectre or whatever you want to call it will be residing in that place. And often just within one particular spot, particular room. So the sightings or the noises or the temperature changes or whatever will tend to occur in roughly the same spot. Um, and some people think that um, and in folklore as well, it was often um, they're coming for you, <laughs> you, you specifically did something really bad and it is coming for you and you're going to pay for it repeatedly for the rest of your natural existence. And then it's your turn. You can do it to somebody else. So a lot of um, funerals and rites of passage and things were set up in order to try and think of ways to stop this from happening. I can only assume that the people who didn't want people to come back were the people that had done something wrong. Hmm. Um, why would you spend so much time preventing other people from coming back if you hadn't wronged lots of people? But anyway, um, so I found in the first century, um, a Roman author and statesman, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Pliny, it's P-L-I-N-Y, 
so Pliny, probably Pliny, um, or Pliny the Younger, actually. So I don't know what Pliny the Elder was doing. Maybe he was dead and he'd come back to haunt him. And that's what it was, <laughs> actually, <laughs> on, ref on, on reflection. Um, <laughs> so he recorded one of the first notable ghost stories in his letters. And his letters became quite famous because they were said to create quite a vivid and accurate account of what life was like at that period where the Roman Empire was really considered to be at its heyday. Now, obviously, how accurate that is, I, I don't know. But... Um, he, <laughs> I made a bit of a tit of myself in my own head here because he reported a spectre of an old man with a long beard rattling chains. And I thought, oh, that's a crappy stereotype. And I thought, Catherine, this was a very long time ago. They didn't have a stereotype of what a ghost was in those had days. Red they hadn't got that far yet. And I was like, you absolute knob. So anyway, um, but he, he lived in Athens, as you did when you were a bit posh in Roman times. And um, he lived in Athens, doing a bit of a moving around there. I'm going to go here, I'm going to go here. And um, yeah, apparently it was in his house in Athens, this, this old beardy man. That might have been his dad. That might have been Pliny the Elder maybe maybe he, he was a bad child anyway so this was like the first recorded so I don't you know people went oh this is a good story but um he has there was a, a fellow Roman about that time called Platius and a Greek writer called Lucian and they also around that period and a little bit later wrote what were considered quite memorable ghost stories so I don't know if Pliny's kind of someone went he wrote this because this was a genuine experience that he had and other people went oh hang on a minute either I thought I was mad but I'm not because this is happening to other people or that's gone down a trick I'm gonna go at that. <laughs> but essentially this was kind of the first thing and so you see this as far back as the first century it wasn't a really big thing back then and I think in initially it was this chap recounting something that he believed was happening to them to him so that's going back really as far as that, which is quite a long way, but I'm sure there were hypocryphal stories that have gone back time and time memorial, aren't they? They've got to be. Mm. And people are experiencing things, whether or not they've put pen to paper or torn mm. to stone or however you want to say it. It's <laughs> <Chiseled>. also, <laughs> yeah, with your little like tablet. Um, so you know and, and passing like just passing the stories further it's just that we don't have records of those but whether we did or we didn't once someone comes up with a way of telling a yarn whether it's real or otherwise they're gonna keep doing it you strike on something good and there are people who don't believe in ghosts in any capacity at all but that doesn't mean that they don't enjoy a ghost story mm. you know that yeah. there's something there's a form of entertainment whether it's true or it isn't mm. One of the articles I was reading um, to uh, to prepare for this talks about ghost stories as well. She didn't talk about this, but this is what came into my head: a bit like a roller coaster ride. You're in, um, you, you have the same emotions as if you were in a dangerous situation, but but you you know you're actually safe, and you get the relief at the end that it's all it's all gone away, which I thought was really interesting. But also. Like I thought, I I I expected to find um, talk about ghost stories a lot more about trying to prevent people doing things that um, you didn't want them to do, like children going into a woods at night. <laughs> I mean, 
I, to, I, I think you get a feel for those kind of places that I don't think you necessarily need scaring off of. But um, yeah, but I, 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 the roller coaster analogy, I thought, because, because I mean, they're so ghost stories are so um, pre- prevalent, aren't they? I mean, we're, we're coming up to Halloween now, and I don't know because I don't, I don't actually like watching scary things. I, I think Cat probably is no. like, do you, do you, <laughs> Cat, do you not? Oh no, you're not, you're no good with like fantasy, are you? You don't mind real life. Um, oh yeah, no, g- give me a, give me a slasher movie, give me a serial killer documentary or fiction. But if there is a ghost or heaven forfend, if one single solitary Ouija board should appear, I am <laughs> so far yeah. out of there. You think I was on fire? <laughs> There's two things I came across with that. One was that people often confuse the two. So actually, when you're writing fictional, particularly ghost stories you shouldn't really introduce a lot of horror elements. You might get a ghost jump out and scare you or you fall off of something and break a leg and you're trying to run away or something like that. But it's not, it shouldn't incorporate lots of like horror and violence and maiming and and stuff like that. Um, Mm. The other thing about Ouija boards, not making this up, you can buy one for kids. A kid's Ouija board. I will add... It's pink. Okay. It's pink, which presumably wards off the spirits of Satan because yeah, that, that makes, that makes it, it a bit okay. fluffier. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, if you hate if you hate your kids, Christmas is coming up. Off you go. Actually, no. Do you know what? What if your kids really take to it and then <laughs> and they're not scared at all? That would be way more more frightening. But let's move on then from Roman times. And uh, Kat, you I think you were doing a um, a discussion recently, uh, and mm. this, this is this is interesting. So pre and post, so around the Ref- Reformation, the Reformation mm. time, the attitudes towards ghosts and understanding of like spirits. Um, what did you? Because you, I know you've been discussing this recently. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think also I I need to kind of caveat it by going by talking about the fact that the discussions that I was looking at are very particular and specific to early modern England and are very particular and peculiar Reformation because it's a nary one thing nor t'other. So what we have is um, at the start of kind of European Christianity, there is a complete rejection of ghosts as something that is superstitious by the church, should specify that, by the church. Um, Pagan, a little bit worrying in that respect. As with so many things with the early Christian church, they swiftly realise that the best thing they can do is absorb it into their canon and explain it and Christianise it in a way that contains it safely. And of course there's debates about all of these things. There's there's councils left right and center at which point no doubt ghosts and the spirits will come up but the overriding thing pre-reformation is that ghosts of the actually dear departed must be coming to you live from purgatory the Mm. reason being that Mm. heaven is too nice you'd never leave and hell is a safe a vault from which you are not allowed to escape because you've done some very very naughty things so there's there's no escaping to come and torment slash warn the living so if you're being visited by a specter of a departed loved one they're probably coming to you from purgatory and being like janet (laughs) or 
that's the name of somebody in medieval. No, it's not, is it? Mary. Mary. They're all called Bloody Mary, aren't they? Mary. When did Janet start? <laughs> Janet. When did we get the first Janet? I wonder if Janet's watching, actually. I <laughs> Janet think I went Rocky Horror Show. That's where I went there. I was so, 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 so Mary. Elizabeth. Lettuce. Margaret, um, yeah. Lettuce. 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 Yeah. Lettuce. Sorry. Um, <laughs> You have not been paying your dues to the local monks. There have not been enough masses said for my soul. I've been in purgatory for tick level responses for too long. <laughs> <laughs> the hours, the sand clock has told me that I've been here for too long. You've not, you've not done your job. Um, so best tuttle off down to the local uh, praying place and uh, pay some money for some masses for, to be said for my soul. Go give the monks some nom-noms or whatever it is you do. Go <laughs> uh, give monks nom-noms. <laughs> Of course, there's always a risk that these, the monks nom noms, what you have to be careful of is that um, what you're seeing isn't something wicked, mm. that you haven't been tricked by one of Satan's own minions and that you're being directed down a path that is evil and satanic in nature. So you have to be very careful about who you think is talking to you. And I think perhaps you're going to figure that out by what they're saying. Now comes along. One thing that goes away is the idea that purgatory is a thing. Mm. So if there are still going to be ghosts, but no purgatory, where are they coming from? Well, the liturgical idea of a reformed faith is that there can't be ghosts they are superstition um, in much the same way as uh, relics or praying to mary or for the intercession of saints or whatever else all of that is bundled up as a kind of superstition so if you are seeing something then either that's a sign of perhaps potentially angelic conversation we see that with dr john d of course or demonic very careful about what it's telling you and why but in england that's slightly more problematic because our reformation is a quite confusing reformation and that notion of purgatory is something that's a little bit more baggy i mean take for example we've talked many times about henry VIII's boring tomb mm -hmm. um and the fact that as part of what he wanted for his burial, he asked there be space for masses to be said for his soul. Because when he was preparing for his death and making that good death, he is preparing for a purgatory. Mm. And he wants, maybe it's Belt and Braces approach, he wants to pray his way out of purgatory. So if he believes there's a purgatory, then perhaps he also believes there's a ghost. And this question of purgatory is something that keeps coming up. And certainly as we get into later eras, ghosts are writ large. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about um, Shakespeare and staging of ghosts. Mm. Interestingly, come 1600, when there are fears about, in quotes, atheism, all of a sudden the Protestant and even puritanical churches are like, by the way, ghosts, they're a thing. <laughs> so... <laughs> be careful because you shouldn't be an atheist because if there's there's ghosts then obviously there's an afterlife isn't there so i, I am interested <laughs> to know when kind of people opt in mm. and sometimes monetize ghosts 
And of course, we are seeing a, a remonetization of the ghostly now with, you know, ghost hunters, mm. medium TV shows, all of this sort of thing. Like we're once again, and it's something that we see with table tipping parties. There are periods of time when we monetize um, the occult, I suppose. Uh, and another thing that we can say talk about is within medieval and renaissance is the borderland between science and what we see as the occult is wafer thin so um that was my tummy's making that noise i'm very hungry sorry um, <laughs> <laughs> that growl is my guts going i'm hungry um so what you see no, is it's the, the ghost it's the, the ghost the, the ghost is it's the ghost machine is possessed <laughs> It's possessed. it's possessed for wanting a pie um which is often my problem cool. <laughs> um, yes. but that's the thing is that um when you live in a world where chemistry and alchemy are mm. the same discipline where mm. astronomy and astrology are the same discipline then dr john d is talking to angels and people are turning their shoes upside down when they go to sleep to avoid pixies or um sprites getting in and doing wickedness with their shoes when you believe that changelings are a thing when people are peeing in jars to protect themselves from witches when you think that there are things such as revenants all of this sort of stuff living in a world where ghosts exist that it's makes total sense jump. it's yeah. not a big jump to me um but yeah that's that's what i've got for now and i'm happy to answer any questions on that if i can <laughs> That is fascinating though, isn't it? Yeah. And, and and the atheist question is very interesting. If you're an atheist, can you believe in ghosts? Because there can there be a ghost if there's not an afterlife. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I also question in 1600 what they're calling an atheist. Because, right. you know, um, in, the, in the mid 1600s, the Puritans would call the diggers atheists, Anabaptists are atheists. So is okay. does atheism actually mean somebody who doesn't believe that there is a divine spirit um, or a right. prime mover? I don't know. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Mm. So we do see a bit of a decline, I think, in kind of the, the interest in ghosts, or at least on record. I don't know. But we definitely see, well, I, I'm saying this because we definitely see a bit of an uptick as we get into the Victorians who start to get very um, into their ghost stories and um Anyway, now I think Catherine, you've been doing some reading on this, and it's fascinating the Victorian thing because there's there's like scientific uh, theories behind why there was an increase in interest in ghost stories, isn't there? Um, well, I think the Victorians just liked to be dramatic, and my <laughs> my immediate thing when I was reading this was yeah, the Victorians, because they loved it, didn't they? And you know, you you see it from the sort of their their art and their literature, and ev everything is is very romanticized and and huge, and it was awful or it was amazing or it was, and nothing was like, oh yeah, no, no, that was all right. It it was just this real, you know, they they were just a very dramatic group of people and a big bunch of hypocrites, but that's another story. Well, they, they I mean, they went through a massive. We we can't really underestimate the change. Yes. In life style and everything that they went through with the industrial revolution mm, yeah it was huge wasn't it so and i think this had a bit of a an input yeah. didn't it because yeah. basically with um, industrialization you had people moving from um, the countryside 
and everything they knew into towns and cities where everything's very different. It's very busy. It's very unknown. There's a lot more things and there's a lot more people. And when money, people were making money from industrialization, they were getting into these big houses and these big houses needed people to help them run it. And they were a bit posh and they had some money. So they would have servants. So first of all, you are in spaces that are unfamiliar with lots of noises and other things that you're not used to. If you've been in the countryside and it's dead quiet apart from the oxen and stuff like that. And now there's all sorts of things. <laughs> and the sheep, if you those, live somewhere, if you live somewhere wild. You, know, you laugh, oxen, wild creatures. They're out <laughs> all night partying, you know. Just I, I don't know what the oxen are like where you are, but around here they are crazy, crazy things. I live in Beckton, um, mate. There's no oxen. <laughs> well, there you go, you see. Well, that's it, Kat. You've never experienced these things. You're, you're a city dweller. Um, so when you start then getting all these people in houses, you've got people in your houses that you don't know. But servants should be seen and not heard and nothing, ideally. So then you've got houses that have got floors that you never go to and doors that you never go through and passages that you just used to for your servants to do stuff in so people can disappear from nowhere or you're sitting there reading oxen monthly <laughs> <laughs> or having a, or having a cup of tea and you can hear something and you might genuinely not know that there is somebody moving about you know carrying the tea trays and things like that so you've got noises coming from your house because there are places in your house you might not know anything about and then you've got gas lamps for your lighting well they create loads of shadows don't they mm. and what's it they gave off um whatever they gave carbon, off carbon monoxide and yeah, so they yeah. create <laughs> hallucinations <laughs> as well mm. so at that point you've got all these exciting things going on if you know if, if you like that kind the of oxen, thing the oxen the carbon monoxide <laughs> the arsenic in the, the wallpapers <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just don't lick them you'll be all right <laughs> everyone's eating um, lead paint off their toys everyone's a mess yeah. basically it's, it's, it's great so um and but also spiritualism became a bit on vogue as well so then what happens is is everybody wants to be in on it oh i've seen this i've had that seances like we went back to and we your seances got very popular and they became quite dramatic events as well so people would look to be able to make it look like someone was you know lifting and hovering away from the floor and the person conducting it was like wailing and gnashing their teeth and i have a message from the beyond and everything like that and people were, were, were buying into this and when you're spending money putting a performance on or attending a performance you want to buy into it if you've just gone and spent all this money because this this um mediums come round to your house and you've had all your posh mates around and everything like that and then it turns out to be a crock of shit you're going to look like a tit aren't you so <laughs> you're trying to make it wow this is a bit this is amazing poetry. Is, <laughs> i'm very erudite you probably all noticed <laughs> Um, but then what we're also getting at the same time, going back to what you said about technology and stuff, is we're getting different mm. ways of communicating. So you're getting telegrams and all things like that coming through. So, you know, to start with, maybe it's quite local, but then it comes, you know, you can get messages from the town and from the city. And then after a point, even across the water. Mm. So if you can get this mysterious noise coming from the other side of wherever into someone's house to say to them, 
you know, I'm going to be home at four o'clock, put the kettle on or whatever other very important critical message they might be sending from 3000 miles away. How far of a reach is it is for you to turn, turn around to somebody and say, well, that's not your uncle Janet, uncle Janet. <laughs> Uncle Janet now. Uncle Janet. We see Janet. Yeah, strange lady. Janet. Big feet. That's, that's not, and an Adam's apple. That's not Janet from wherever it is, you know. That's somebody from the beyond, from the, wherever that is, purgatory. And they're the ones that are tapping out that message. You know, so oh. there's not again, it's it's not like Kat was saying, it's not necessarily much of a jump or a stretch for people to be able oh. to believe these things or have that little drop of a hint come in somewhere to say, you know, that that could be that, don't you? Mm. So, you know, you tie in all these things together and it's not as difficult as you might think for people to buy in to that idea, whether it's true or it isn't, I guess. Yeah, and it's interesting. Um, let me just ask. Uh, answer. Robbie's asking, are we taking questions? Yes, you can pop them in the um in the comments. Yes, we we love we love a question. Yes, um, we do. I think I saw somebody you might say not like that... the answer, but <laughs> oh, you might not get an answer, but you can ask. Yeah. I think I saw further up the conversation. Somebody said that they lost sound for me Julia. when yes. I talked about where Julia. ghosts might come from if they aren't from purgatory. If purgatory no no longer exists, well before they start trying to reincorporate ghosts as a way to fight off atheism, whatever that might have been, um, ghosts or whatever the presentation are, are either potentially angelic, you are having conversations with the beyond in the way of Dr. John Dee, or they are demonic hmm. and thus not to be believed. So that's, that's the kind of thought process there, but it becomes far more complicated in this country because we keep flip-flopping between whether we're um, Protestant, Roman Catholic, English Catholic, whatever else we might What is it this week? On a given Tuesday. But it really <laughs> depends mostly on where Henry's pecker is directing him. Does it not? <laughs> That's got the overriding religious, um, I was going to say bullcock, but um, <laughs> I'll go with that, yeah. Okay, windcock. Yeah. Is uh, is uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the one. <laughs> that's what I'm looking for. That's uh, that's where our religious it's in a direction. Ballcock in a cistern, <laughs> in a toilet cistern. I mean, considering the way Henry behaves, let's call it a ballcock because uh, vile, yeah, vile, <laughs> vile, vile. So, getting back to Victorians, don't we start seeing the um, uh, like the, the, so they're getting new sounds. They're getting like the sensory stuff that's happening around them is really quite significant so mm. you get ghost stories now with big bangs you can imagine all the industry or with the taps like you said about the um you know now you've got you've got messages coming in which would have been morse code type messages so there would have been and you get those kind of sounds being incorporated into the odd noises that someone's heard um and, and so it, it, they start coming into the ghost stories themselves i think so because it's it's just anything that's unknown where did that come from where might it have been where you know that just even if you're having a day yourself where you know you're in a perfectly normal situation and something just a little bit strange happens where did that come from something rolls off the desk and you're kind of like 
what did, what was that how did that happen <laughs> and people either take it very much in their stride but sometimes it, it you can make you jumpy if things don't make sense people hmm. yeah it's difficult if things don't make sense and sometimes often there's a logical ish explanation for something that doesn't appear to make sense at the time you didn't know janet was in the passageway bringing you a cup of tea kind of thing you know you didn't know because you just moved into the city that the bells would toll at a certain time every night you know all things like that but people like to be able to make sense of things and if they can't it's very very uncomfortable and even if something we also have to try and find a reason for something to make sense so if there isn't a physical reason for something to make sense your pens rolled off the desk because there was a bit of a draft or you didn't realize you'd knocked it then there must be a reason that doesn't make any sense but even though it doesn't make any sense that makes it make sense does that make sense? Well, yeah, I'm following well, you. No, there, well, no, there, there isn't an explanation for a certain things. So let's make there be an explanation. An explanation is a spectre. Green eyes, maybe. I free, yeah, sorry. I was, yeah, so I was I hope, to say, I freak out when I lose a sock where I left it and often never find it. I mean, every house has a sock ghost that eats <laughs> yeah. socks. Is purgatory just socks? Just I mean, socks. Well, that would be my personal they... purgatory, an odd, <laughs> an odd sock. That makes me like really anxious when, when <laughs> I, when I enter the tumble dryer and I can't find a sock. I'm like, where's that gone? Where's <laughs> I, I, and I look for it. I will hunt. I will hunt everywhere. <laughs> and I usually beg my husband. I'm like, where have you put that then? It didn't go in the wash, obviously, because I, I man mark my socks. <laughs> <laughs> I know like, where they all like are. Like he has a favourite. <laughs> favorite odd Actually, sock. Probably does do it. Just to wind you up. I mean, you I wouldn't wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> socks, just 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 socks without their pair drifting around in the air. That is what purgatory would be like. Only half socks. Is that to Judah? Yes, Judah says only half socks. That is the definition of purgatory. Is just <laughs> unmatched socks. Does anyone else have a bag of the unmatched socks? Because this no. is what I have, in the hope that I will then add the next wash mm, into and, it, and, and then suddenly I'll have pairs. Yeah, it's not uh, happening. It that doesn't. bag is quite large. At a certain point, I can't deal with it. So my response is, um, I I cannot deal with odd socks, so I just throw them away. Like if it if it doesn't turn up within a fortnight, it goes in the bin because I'm. Then what was happening? Would you it. throw it away and then you found it? I would throw the other one away as well because then I could okay. not live with that. I know. I remember <laughs> I throw it away, and I'd be like, "Well, that's got to go now. I will burn the evidence of that, obviously." <laughs> it is actually just <laughs> evidence of a ghost yes but, you know. there you go you but, see. but I, the the fact that the, these sounds these sounds that were new to people oh the other thing of course is photography that the victorians oh yeah did. and you've got very slow shutter speeds see my i can't help but use my hands shutter speed shutter speeds. um very slow um shutter speed uh, shutter speed sorry i was just reading robbie yes you can ask questions um but Bobby Ann, we have four children. We have way too many half socks. <laughs> <laughs> you have to make them just just wear odd ones now. Um, Tell them it's fashionable. It's fashionable to wear odd socks. Yeah. Just no more socks for the children. That's that's the that's the only answer. <laughs> no more. Victorian oh, period again. Victorian times. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the Victorians work out that they can take photographs of um, <laughs> of someone sat there, and they have to, apparently the exposure time sometimes were up to five minutes. Can you imagine? That's why they all look so bloody miserable. Yeah, yeah. Apart from the fact that they were them, bloody miserable, but, 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 but then they would, they might have somebody um, walking past in the background. 
and then you've got this shadowy figure or somebody with their hands. hands. But but the fact that you get ghost stories suddenly with this sort of these new things that were new to people in them, I would have thought indicates some sort of imagination element of a ghost story. Um, Got a good question here. What is the most haunted place in London? Um, I think we're gonna we're gonna come back to a few of those, aren't we? we? Well, I mean, in in my quick answer to that question is, um, it depends where you're buying a ticket for around Halloween because (laughs) all of them will tell you (laughs) that they are the most haunted places in London because that's how they sell tickets all throughout October. Um, (laughs) But basically, all of London could be super haunted because the whole thing is essentially. A massive graveyard like you can't mm. dig without finding just mm. bodies everywhere yeah. um so it's mm. probably a tube station if i'm being completely honest mm-hmm. but in terms of body count it's either got to be the tower of london or or a tube station for body mm. count but oh, I, like under charterhouse the square is like three thousand plague victims wow yeah, yeah. Um, know, they, they are <laughs> you you're like ever. Yeah, um, shall I ask this question before it flicks off the yes, screen? Robbie is, Robbie is asking, do you think there could have been a link between the rise of ghost stories in the Victorian era and the high death rate, especially among children, as a way to keep their relatives alive? I mean, I've, I've got to just think that trauma has to play a part. If we think mm-hmm. about after plague, there's, you know, there's got to be um, that sort of thing going on. I think that because there's also a, we have the whole Victorian thing and they just love death like it's their job, don't they? <laughs> um, I just whoever's making black fabric in the Victorian period must be like, I don't know how I've made this PR, but I'm loving, <laughs> loving life right now. I can sell black crepe and that stuff is scratchy as anything. Um <laughs> So I think, but there is another, I believe, resurgence in medium culture around the world wars. Um, And in Mm -hmm. fact, the last woman who is tried under the witchcraft laws is Helen Duncan. And that's um, because she seems to have knowledge about boaty things that she shouldn't have knowledge about. Boaty sinky things she has knowledge about. I mean, that's the technical term for that. So <laughs> there you go. Um, both sinky things that she shouldn't have knowledge about that she does. And so they think that she's spying. They can't get her for spying because there's no proof. But she keeps like spitting up ectoplasm out of her nostrils. So they're like, well, we'll do you for witchcraft then. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, that's fair. Out. But there yeah. is that, that kind of, um, I think trauma definitely sparks it on. Mm. Mm. Um, it's it's an interesting theory though isn't it like, like this i you can't let go of someone who's gone too too quickly and you you do get a lot of um the, the seances and, and unfortunately you get people taking um advantage this mm-hmm. advantage that's the word too late yeah said it anyway um and charging <laughs> um in all and 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 yeah and and um well i'm going off peaky blinders for this piece of information <laughs> that's, that's... but anyway it is a thing fair play um but yeah so um uh now we've had um a mad journalist said highgate cemetery i imagine um there will be lots around there i don't know the story of the site though i mean it's just there's a, there's a lot of burial like it's a it's a it's a big bastard a cemetery right. goes 
It's a it's a big one. It's a big one. A big one. It's a big bastard. <laughs> Lots of dead people. Yes. Um, yes. Sarah says, "Where? Uh, sorry, start again. Were any ghosts reported in connection with the Jack the Ripper murders?" Mm-hmm. Um, we, it, it, we do see a lot of ghost stories connected with violent ends, mm. people being taken too early. You know, th- this idea that the spirit gets stuck because there's unfinished business or they're they're angry or you know something yeah. along those lines. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think if there's if in the recess of my brain in one of the Penny Dreadfuls, they um, said that they had contacted a medium who had contacted the women, but I can't remember that happening. Um, and it's also I, not one of the things in the Jack Flipper walks. You, you don't tend to have a ghost walk tied in with it. Like they're very they are kept very separate. Yeah. Um, Although they are spooky. Like I've I've done one, mm. and. It, yeah, I just I was a bit freaked by the end of it. To be honest, it just yeah. had that feeling. You 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 know you go to where these women were found, and it, and it looks totally different. I mean, there was a guy ironing in the window in, <laughs> in a in a block of flats. Mate, you're spoiling it. I know, I know. But you <laughs> thought that would have snapped me out of it enough? Um, no, I, no, not at all. Um, Robbie, uh, what are your guys' personal theories on who Jack the Ripper was? I don't, I don't know. There's the Walter no, Sickert um, theory, isn't there? There's <laughs> one of the royal family. Yeah. That, that's the point, isn't it? That's that's why he endures is that we don't know. Mm. Um, yeah, well, there's even been even that, been there's... a suggestion that one of the one of the uh, baby farmers, who was also an uh, allegedly an abortionist, that she was actually. Jack the Ripper and that all of the victims um, were failed fatal abortions, which doesn't make a lot of sense because um, one of them is in the drunk tank at 1am and she's dead before dawn. So I don't know when she would possibly have been encountering a backstreet abortionist in the middle of the night after she's been um, knocked out of the drunk tank. Mm-hmm. I, we will never know. I, I, my, I, and I oscillate between who I think it is, but I, have I don't think it's something massive kind of schemey plot I'm inclined to say that I think it might have been Mary Jane Kelly's common-law husband I think that's potentially interesting I want to do some more digging around why because something else that happens in 1888 in the summer of 1888 is that there is the strike of the matchwomen down at the Bright and May Match Factory in Bow, which is not Whitechapel, but it's not far. Mm. And interestingly, those women were complaining about um, Fossy Jaw, and people at Bright and May were suggesting that they didn't have Fossy Jaw, they were actually loose women, in quotes, and that what they had was syphilis that was rotting through their bones. Now, is it interesting that that strike, where they all walk out, and they start? it starts to be the beginning of a trade union, is it not interesting that that strike that is spearheaded by women happens just months before a violent vendetta seems to be taken out against women who equally could be accused of having loose morals? I fall in with Hallie Rubenhold's amazing book that, they, that there's no evidence that any of them were actually working as sex workers at the time they were killed, um, that what, mm. what correlates them is alcohol and alcoholism but are those the kind of women 
that somebody who's angry about a successful strike might take it out on. I mean, it, it just pure, pure kind of levels of incel territory before the name incel existed, that somebody gets angry with women being doing something, then they, they take it out on the nearest, I suppose, vulnerable, vulnerable person that looks like that. I don't know. Mm. Those are my suggestions. Mm. Interesting. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, let's um, let's stick to London for a little while because I wanted to ask you about Shakespeare. There's there's a nice segue in. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he did some stuff in London, I believe. Um, and but yeah. he, he, his the staging of ghosts because mm. this is um, you know, it, this is obviously Elizabethan and into uh, the the reign of James the first. Bit dodgy. Uh, the whole ghost witch thing uh, under James. Um, so how? So how, yeah. What does what does Shakespeare do with ghosts? Because they do feature, don't they? Yeah. Um, and they. I think one of the probably let's go with the, one of the most iconic ghosts, which is the ghost of Old Hamlet. And this is something that can be interpreted and discussed till the cows come home and people have used it to prove that Shakespeare is a crypto Catholic because you are presented with this harbinger ghost who is warning his son about the murderous nature of the person who has supplanted him on both throne and in his bed that has all of the characteristics of the traditional pre-Reformation purgatory-bound ghost coming out and doing a warning. So is this Shakespeare writing from a place of crypto-Catholicism? Possibly. There's not a lot of evidence, apart from the fact that back in Stratford-upon-Avon, his dad didn't do a very good job of covering up yeah, illegal exactly. art. But then I think his dad was probably a bit cheap at times. So yeah, is he is he trying to save white. money or is he a crypto Catholic? We will never know. Um, <laughs> uh, he does get into debt quite a bit. Make of that what you will. What I think is really interesting about the ghost in Hamlet is that firstly, we think that Shakespeare plays him. So what does that mean when the author places himself in the position of this warning figure, this potentially deus ex machina, this almost Greek chorus of warning harbingery thing. What's also interesting is that Hamlet recognises it as his father, but constantly tests it. And what is happening there? What is happening with faith and um, spirituality when a son sees his deceased father and that deceased father tells him something that is so objectionable. And then the rest of the play, Hamlet essentially is spending his time trying to work himself up to act on that, but also prove it. Mm. Why, is he, why is he so invested in proof? Where is faith? And so that's a really interesting question, I think. And then again, we come up with the Scottish play and we have an actual kind of Greek chorus of fates, the weird sisters, the witches, but we also have ghosts. Um, and it's a ghost that only Macbeth can see. But the witches are seen by other people. Are they ghosts? Are they apparitions? Are they controlling the ghosts? Is what Macbeth sees a uh, revenant? 
when Lady M is walking through the castle, washing her hands and talking to somebody, is she seeing something in the same way that her husband did, but we aren't privy to it? Are these two people having that very um, pre-Reformation experience with a spirit that has unfinished business? And then if we look at, I'm going to finish after this one, because there are more ghosts, but I'm going to finish after this one. If we look at Richard III and the victims of Richard III that come to greet him, if you will, before the Battle of Bosworth, if this is a post-Reformation world, so purgatory isn't real, these are therefore arguably demonically inspired spirits that are presenting themselves to this king who then falls. So then if it's the devil bringing down Richard III, what does that mean for Henry VII? Mm. So was Shakespeare, Ooh. was Shakespeare treading a fine line here or was it, is it a ghost just a device for presenting these things that he wants to say to his characters in just, that was just the way he chose to do it. What do you think? I, I'm of the opinion that Shakespeare is writing for a mass audience mm. um, and an audience that is not just at the Globe, but is also at royal courts and also in the houses of the elite. We're in Elizabeth's England and going into James's England. We know that there are crypto-Catholics and actual Catholics aplenty. Mm. I mean, we aren't that far out before we're going to have um, Catholics trying to blow up James and the Houses of Parliament, for which the anniversary mm. is, is next month. Mm. So is by, by not kind of coming down on a theological standpoint, it makes commercial sense. Mm. Um, and of course, and the big thing is, the reason why we keep talking about it is because at a certain point, when you've spent 500 plus years writing about Shakespeare and trying to create... <laughs> new and novel ways of going into the same plays because there are no more that have been written um, <laughs> for a doctoral thesis when you're trying to create a, a genuine contribution to knowledge you have to um, basically look at the internet of the cat's backside to try and find something that is a genuine contribution to knowledge so Shakespeare's faith and trying to construct a biography of Shakespeare out of feathers and whispers is something mm. that people do and we try to use his plays, or I don't, I don't do Shakespeare biography. I, I think it's, it's a waste of time, but that's that's me. Um, <laughs> Controversial. Uh, I, I mean, I don't see that the plays need his biography to understand them. They are perfectly understandable within the context of their day. And it's interesting to think about what faith and the belief in ghosts from a wider section of society might say, because Shakespeare isn't writing plays for himself. Mm. He's writing plays that his actors will want to perform and that his audience will want to watch. His variety of audiences in the Globe, in the Blackfriars, at court, wherever else. It's mm. interesting. Is he reflecting or uh, possibly and probably, but then obviously he would have an influence, I presume, you know, like the TV does now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Been told. And he's, he's also got to get yeah. past the censors. So whatever he does, mm, it can't yeah. be overt. Because mm -hmm. there are people reading it and they're like, cut that bit out, mate. Absolutely not. What are you doing? Yeah. 
<laughs> not having that. Um, Robbie just has a oh, cat. You'll love this one. Uh, what I saw you, that. <laughs> uh, what do you think about the theory by uh, George Bernard Shaw that Shakespeare didn't author his own work? We'll do this one very quickly and then we'll move on. Um, I have got a video on the authorship debate on my channel, which you can mm -hmm. check out. Um, what I will say is that I, I exist in a position where I'm happy to have the conversation because I think that far too many people who come from an academic background just shut it down. And I think that that just fuels it further. My, my opinion is that I have not seen any, any substantial evidence that would say that the man from Stratford, the son of a glover, didn't write the work attributed to him. Now, I think that Shakespeare is a phenomenal editor and adapter. Mm, yeah. In the same way that Charles Dickens writes Oliver Twist, but Oliver exclamation mark is attributed to somebody else and they get credit for it. And I think that Shakespeare does that an awful hell of a lot. But yeah, I believe he was... that he writes the works attributed to him. Okay, cool. Yeah, because he was he was massively influenced by mythology, wasn't he? Greek and Roman mythology. And that goes back to his education. And um, and also like was... it's Italian novella style stories. He clearly has he has a, he has a benefactor. He has a number of benefactors that we know who have libraries. Um, he has people around him in his circle who's we don't know what we ha he hasn't got a library that we know of, but he does have people around him who I think he's borrowing books from. We can see the traces of things like um, Hollinshed's Chronicles. That's where he's getting his history from. It's quite clear. Uh, he's looking at the Book of Martyrs. Like we can see his source texts, and he would have access. To, I mean, he'd have access to the Book of Martyrs in any church he walked into. It's up there. Um, and for the other ones, he just has to go to the Lord Hunsdon who probably has a copy or someone who can get him one. Mm. Mm. Yeah, cool. Right, let's move on a bit because I want to get on to some of our personal experiences. We've also had a couple of um, uh, comments and questions that we've not picked up on and which will, so I, I want to come back to them. This might tie in actually, Kat, with what I was going to ask you because you've been a costume uh, interpreter at mm. Historic Royal Palaces mm. and um, one of the roles that you've played is Edwardian governess mm. and telling ghost stories. Is that is that right? And yes. how did that go? Yes. So we were doing um, a kind of Hampton Court Christmas and we were talking about the variety of ways that Christmas has been celebrated across the centuries. And one thing that's incredibly traditional is that they start telling ghost stories I think the knights draw in and so one of the things that I had to do in the role of the governess and we swapped it around depending on who was who was playing whom um was I would sit down in this little room and I'd gather people close to me and I would I would recite traditional Edwardian style ghost stories that I had sourced for the purpose so it wasn't just like when I was a kid, I used to try and scare the shit out of my friends by being like, oh, mistress, mistress, I'm on the first step. And I'd tell the creepiest things about, you know, people putting their hands in like buckets of blood. And that's what I'm waking up in a bath of ice with no kidneys because I was a mess <laughs> as a child. And I liked to really upset my pals. Um, <laughs> sure, I'm sure there's a lot of therapy that's being paid for because of what I did to other people. Um, anyway. So I wasn't telling those stories. I, yeah, I mean, just buy me a therapy. I had an idea. That was my kids. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I was telling some a uh, particular story, and one of the stories that I told it was called it was called I think the nurse's tale, but I therefore I kind of linked it to the governess's tale. 
and it's a really long-winded one about shame and babies born in secret from secrets and unapproved marriages and then people being left out in the snow to die of exposure and then being haunted by the thing that you've left outside to die of exposure so that that was the story that I used to tell and it was really interesting to recount ghost stories as a period person in a period setting telling that period ghost story to a modern audience and people who are used to having their ghost stories with all the bells and whistles of like the Blair Witch Project or something that's more modern and doesn't date me quite so much, you know, whatever that might be. Um, <laughs> that's the last time I saw a ghost story. I, I couldn't shower alone. I saw, I saw Blair Witch Project and um, Sixth Sense within like a week mm. of each other. And my mum had to stand in the shower, like next to the shower because I couldn't bathe alone. So that's how that affected I'm laughing, me. But this is why I don't watch. Them. No, There's, no, this I, it's not going to happen. I yeah. Um, so it was it was really amazing how just a person sat there telling a story can grip a room full of people, and mm. and you sort of see that the hairs and the hackles go up as it gets to the more scary point. You could, it's it's really interesting in sharing that story. You with strangers for me is you feel the temperature atmosphere of the room change like it it they're static mm. and you can play with that static and that's performance of course as well but yeah it was it was really interesting and it, I really enjoyed telling those stories they were great fun I'm Why just imagining somebody sorry somebody like basically murdering someone to get rid of them because that's I presume why you would do it and then they get haunted by their ghosts it must be like oh, <laughs> the whole of eternity <laughs> Um, this was not the point. <laughs> <laughs> you say about governesses, something I read about a woman called Hepzibah Anderson, I think it was, who was writing about the narratives of um, the person who writes the ghost stories. So you talk about governesses then reminded me of that. So she was saying when, especially sort of earlier and then in the Victorian period, and when men wrote ghost stories, um, they, they were very posh rich very 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 intelligent scientist type men who then have some sort of spectre come into their existence and they don't believe it because it's not science and then you know but that they are challenged intellectually and because they're men and they're very clever they rise to the challenge <laughs> whereas with when women write them you see she said it, it's almost like um they're standing against the roles where or the things that they have felt squished against. A squish is a very mm. bad choice of word because it just doesn't live up to the expectation of what the, what the point is. But, you know, so you see women um, who have been let down by the men. So women who um, were like wronged by husbands, they, they were beaten, they had their children taken away mm. or they were spinsters because their families never let them marry and they were very alone and they were forced to be dependent on other people or they were put in positions of servitude that they hated where they were abused um, by the men in the households that they worked in or that you know they they were they died in childbirth after they had been raped and things like that and that you see it's these women that are coming back and doing the hauntings and they're coming back because they've been wrong, because they've been put into situations in their, their living time 
where they have been suppressed and they're coming back because they're angry and they're they're wanting that that's the only way that they can have some power is to come back after their death so the narrative of who the ghost is and how the ghost is experienced depends very much on the um the gender of the person writing the story in those periods and I hadn't thought Mm. about it like that but when I reflected on it I thought yeah actually that that's quite true I think I think also positioning it as a kind of particularly if it's if it's a lot of the time the governess is involved either as a a narrative voice or sometimes the actual writer Mm. and governesses occupy a really peculiar liminal space that they are at once part of the household like the main household um but they're also help Mm. but they're different from the the in quotes the help so they are it's a it's an it's a painfully lonely existence uh and and that's that's something that we see played out in in novels of course that the governess suddenly is is swept away by by the wonderful handsome man he's got his wife in the attic love so (laughs) run run I imagine I always think of, I always think uh, I'm a bit in awe of primary school teachers because the the level of imagination they have to have at all times it seems and a governess must have had that they must have been quite natural storytellers um and if you don't want the kids to get out of bed in the middle of the night because you want to sleep through <laughs> probably one of the most effective things to just do just taking some more notes <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't if you get children, up before 8 a.m the pixies yeah. will get you i mean you. i tried all these to be fair my daughter was like no i don't believe you um <laughs> but yeah you know you could tell a story about like, <laughs> there's something under the bed there's something in the cupboard um but yeah you could you could be quite good now uh we are actually at the hour but i don't want to stop there ladies if you're okay to continue just for a slightly bit longer um when we're on Clubhouse, I normally reset the room. I'm going to do that a little bit now because I know we've got, had new people joining. This is History After Dark. We've moved from Clubhouse onto Instagram so that we can reach more people and also so that you can watch it on the, the playback on IGTV. It will soon be a podcast as well. So look out and we will let you know. <laughs> Green Eye Tiffy says, continue for another hour. Well, <laughs> careful what you wish for. That's what I can say. I've got um, both my dindins, so. Yeah, and her, and her, her stomach ghost was rumbling and rumbling. <laughs> yeah, stomach ghost. She angry. Um, she angry. She angry. <laughs> She's angry. Um, so, yeah, so if you've joined us partway through, then um, this will be going, uh, going up on my IGTV uh, at the end. So you can you can scroll back and enjoy us for another hour, whichever bit you missed. Right, so w- what I want to get to before we, um, we wrap up is uh, personal experiences of ghosts because we were discussing this and we've kind of got <laughs> a nah, a yeah, and, a, and I'm the one who's in the middle. But I want to start with, cat because it's linked to something tammy brought up about places that are known to be haunted haunted what mm. word was i coming out with then a new haunted one and haughty very haughty, haughty, place. very haughty, haughty places. places up its own <laughs> arsehole this place wow. indeed so <laughs> and they're, they're ones that are known so you've worked there and they're known for their mm. odd activities so i'm thinking mm. specifically hampton court palace Mm. Uh, and Tower of London. Tammy, you also asked about Heber Castle. 
I've taken tour groups there on multiple occasions and there are people who have met spirits in the garden. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I basically avoid any. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm, okay, I'm going to bed. Um, cat though. <clears throat> right, look. Power of London, Hampton Court <clears throat> yeah, Palace, okay. come on. Okay, look, right, here we go. Okay, let's dive in. <laughs> I am a sceptic. Mm. Up and until... I am alone in a room yeah. with a ghost. <laughs> I am a converted believer. I'll tell you that for free. So the upsetting and unpleasant experience that I have had is, and I think it, I think right, we can go into there's a rational reason for it. I was not in like the most salubrious setting, Tower of London, lower salt tower. We were doing the story of um, Alice Wolfe and her escape from the tower. So the visitors who were coming to watch us would be brought into my cell. I was already preset. So what they would do is they put me in there and they'd lock the door. And for added accuracy and as part of the scenario we were doing, I was chained at the ankle. No. Yes, ma'am. So those, and it was one of the kind of old style um, pin, uh, screw, unscrew, handcuffy things. So that's around my ankle. And it then also, to, to avoid it kind of following me, it is also clipped to the wall. So I am technically... <laughs> a prisoner in the chamber. No, I want to be clear. No. I want to be clear. It's on like a D-clip. So if um, a member of the public came in and was like, you know, no touchy touch, then I could unclip myself, kick them in the face and run away. So there, there were there were um, ways around me being chained to the wall. But for all intents and purposes, I was supposed to be found chained to a wall. So if I had to release myself, it'd have to be a pretty good reason. I'm also underneath some Hessian sacking laying on the floor, right? So it's... um. It's a good time all round. I, I want to just put out, put out that I love my job and I miss it desperately. And I and I really hope at some point that they go back to doing the full scale stuff. Yeah. Um, because I won in badly. Um, but there were times when I was waiting for the audience to come round, particularly when it got to sort of twilight hours and we were doing the last scenario of the day, and that door was closed. And I'm laying under that Hessian sack and there was someone in the room with me and I couldn't see them, but I could feel them. I could just, they were stood, it was a man. I know it was a man. I know it was a man. I know it was a man. And they were stood there and all of the hairs of my body are standing up. They were stood there watching me and I am laying there going, you don't believe in ghosts stop it you don't believe in ghosts that's it's not real whatever you think is there it's not it's not real oh it's making me feel funny um and um i would just lay there underneath this hessian sack being like don't 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 look don't they'll be here soon they'll be here soon and you can trick yourself into thinking you can hear breathing and all that kind of stuff and footsteps and and sometimes of course there's people moving around upstairs so that doesn't help <laughs> the situation <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, and so that that was a thing whereby I'm like, I'm I'm a skeptic until I'm not, and then I'm an absolute ardent believer who wants to <laughs> take a take a bottle of holy water and a priest in with me. <laughs> I'm not that I'd necessarily be any safe if I did that. Um, <laughs> but yeah. um yeah, I uh, that was that was upsetting. Um, the other one that's less upsetting. Let's let's take it. Let's go. Um, Hampton Court Palace. Our changing rooms were adjacent to in the area of the Queen's apartments. So the space in which Henry's wives lived, some gave birth and then died. And I have had people who I worked with tell me that they have been pushed um by some spirit there was a well-known thing that if you were in the ladies changing room and you put something down and then you turned back and it was gone that and they might have been pulling my leg that what you had to do was go I see that you've taken my so-and-so you have to name it out loud please can you put it back mm-hmm. and sometimes you have to leave the room or sometimes you just, just to turn around and turn back again and it'll be put back and then you've got to say thank you so it was that was a much more kind of impish thing. The one at the tower, that that chick wanted to wear my skin as a suit. Like apps, there was no doubt in my mind. It was just figuring out a way to wear me as a person suit. I was nope, absolutely not. Apparently, if you have something evil, you can tell it to fuck off. I wasn't talking to that thing in that room. <laughs> Because like, literally, you me. have to be, I know that's like a bad word, but you have to be abrasive with it. Do you know what I mean? You have to, can't just go, can you leave now? You have to go, Did you, out. I didn't yeah. show you're not scared yeah. I was, I was the ghost. I was yeah. on the verge of, of defecating in my underpants. I was terrified. <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm not talking about thing. It's not my friend. And I don't want to anger it. I don't want to anger oh. it. It was looking, it was trying to figure out how to wear me like sooty. Absolutely not. <laughs> Oh my goodness. An America Scrafano. I hope I've um I've probably not said your handle right. I'm so sorry. Do you think that any of Henry VIII's deceased wives haunted their successors? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> and and get her. And him, yeah, for get sure. Him. Get him. Yeah. Yeah. He, he he no wonder he didn't know which way to turn after the after the first of two that he managed yeah. to get rid of within a few months of each other um now that's reminded me of a story that that well Catherine Catherine and I went to Harvington Hall about a year ago yeah during lockdown I think and um because Phil who's joined us on this room um previously he's the house manager there and we were doing some filming while they were closed and Catherine, did you you asked for something back? There was they well, you tell it because they they'd lost something and you asked for it back. Do you want to pick up the story? Um, Do you remember? I can't. Do remember? I don't remember that bit. I remember okay. him saying to me. Pipe. Do you remember they'd lost the hose pipe? Oh, I said to him. Yeah. There's only one place for it. It's just a garden box outside. Nothing very exciting. So Catherine goes in there and says, "Can you please return the hose pipe because they need it." <laughs> And then the caretaker, about five minutes later, comes out and goes, I found the hose pipe. It was in the box all the time. Because Phil said like there, there is there's something like it. There's something here. And we can't remember we walked in. I've got, I've got no sense of direction. I walked in and I went, it's in here, isn't it? And he was like, yeah. Mm. And well, well Phil, Phil sits in the office, which mm. is... Um, was it below... at the bottom of the stairs down there where I said, it's, she's in here, isn't she? And I can tell oh, you what she Lord. looks like. 
that might have been when I moved on. <laughs> but, but I can tell you what she say. looks like. I can tell oh, exactly no, what she looks like. Please don't. No, because, I, because I have to go back <laughs> at some point. But I'm afraid. Phil, Phil, will be, Phil will be in the office, which is below the chapel, That because Harvington Hall has its own um, chapel upstairs. It's a great place to sit when you're on your own. Well, because it, it was the <laughs> house, so this is the Catholics in Elizabethan times. That's that's the story, the big big story of the house. But he will be um, in the office, and someone will move the furniture in the chapel, like with alarming frequency. So they're dragging. They're, there's pews. They're, they're not the original pews. There's <laughs> right, no pews uh, in there because you're trying to hide that it was a chapel. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but there's pews, pews in there. That's a giveaway. Um, yeah, and, but they yeah they'll um, they'll be dragging the. Uh, and, and quite often, because there's a caretaker who lives in a, in another wing, the Georgian wing of Harvington Hall, and um, and they quite often are ringing each other saying, "Did you go in the hall? Were you in the hall at seven o'clock? No, it wasn't me." Oh my god, I hate it so much! I hate it! I hate it so much! 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 No, 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 no. We 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 all like. I think generally with ghost stories, we think, "Oh, it must be somebody like stuck." or they're not very happy. I have an actual, do you want to hear my actual uh, experience of a ghost who was quite happy? Yeah, right. we like a now, happy ghost. Yeah, like we had a happy murder last week. <laughs> an amusing murder. <laughs> I did an amusing murder last week. Um, well, so I used to go and work at my friend's house. This was a few years ago. Every, I don't know, whatever, Wednesday every week or whatever. Now she's got this big Tudor farmhouse and um, she got a really successful business. So she has one of the neighbours come in as her housekeeper and she'll come in and change the beds. Fabulous idea. Really wish I had one. <laughs> um, lovely, lovely lady. But we were in the middle of a big project. So I'm there. Okay. She's, she, <laughs> hello everyone. She decides to, uh, sorry, she didn't decide. Um, so my friend goes out on the school run. So I'm there the whole day. I'm staying there the night. And my friend goes out on the school run. So I'm the only one in the house other than the dogs. So she's, there's three big black labs. Um, and the front door goes. So I'm in the office, which is next to the next to the, she has like a, like an ent- big, big entrance hall. And the office is off there. And the door goes. She's always got the door open. She never locks the drinking door. I won't tell you where she lives. Uh, she, she never, she never. <laughs> this later. Uh, and, and, and I'm sat there and I'm like, oh, that'll be. Can't remember the lady's name. Let's call her Janet. Um, that, that's, that's a good name. It's a good yeah. name. <laughs> that'll be that'll be that'll be Janet. Um, and I carry on working, and Janet comes in the front door, goes up the stairs, humming and singing, and I think that's nice. And my friend comes back from uh, work. Uh, sorry, from the school run, and I said, "Oh, Janet's been in today," and she's like, "No, no, she's not in today." And, you know, the thing that made me think, okay, was that, and I hadn't realised it at the time, is the dogs, regardless of who was coming, would always get up and would always bark. Even if it was, you know, one of the family, doesn't matter. They would get up and they would bark and the dogs did nothing. And yet I'd heard the lady come in and I'd heard her go up the stairs and I'd heard her singing. She was there. And that's about the last time I was willing to be in the house <laughs> on my own. Yeah. Again. Do you know the, do you know the thing that like really messes me up is that my baby, love him, wonderful, but he does this really. I don't know if all babies do this, or if, if my baby is 
like actually seeing dead people. But like, I'll be talking to him and he'll be looking at me in the face and then he'll look behind me. And I'm like, oh, my husband's walked in and there is no one there. What is, <laughs> what is he looking at? Who is he looking at? Why is babies, he babies can see this? This is the thing. We're conditioned. Oh, We're conditioned <laughs> that it's wrong and it doesn't exist. So when I had Oscar at the first house when I was still with his dad, the first one, there was definitely something there. But in his bedroom, I had the changing table station thing. And he would always look at the same spot, which was just a spot on the wall nothing there because it was up high and he would giggle and smile and laugh and I was like there's someone nice up there then isn't there and then one day he started getting quite upset and then he would just be crying and I had to stop changing him in there for a while and I had a friend called Nathan who crossed over earlier this year and um he was very spiritual and he came in and he I said to him is there someone there because there was someone that lived downstairs at the bottom of my stairs I said is there somebody there? And he came in and he said, he said, I can't feel one person. He said, I think you've got a portal. So coming oh. in and out, in and out. He said, so sometimes he's happy because whoever's going in and out that portal or is coming out is a good And they're engaging with him. But then you've, this portal has been taken over or it just so happens that there's someone that's come in. So it depends on who was coming in and out this portal as to how Oscar sorry cat how Oscar was reacting but down that it was a three bed terrace and at the bottom of the stairs you came straight in off the street it had been knocked through into one long room and as you went from there into the kitchen something lived there that was a bloke and um it would move stuff it was noisy as fuck I'd be going will you shut up I know you're there I know you're there come and spit and it would like that's not gonna be sleeping (laughs) but it would like who makes the manhole covers for these fucking demonic portals we need a <laughs> manhole cover that's what we need that's <laughs> call constantine call constantine bring him in he's he smokes too much and is, has a lovely trench coat i like it put him in there make it go away yeah. um jd says her son used to see uh, used to do that he's now 26 and he still sees oh, and and in America, Scrafano, I'm so sorry if I said that wrong. I think this podcast could go on all night as none of us will be able to sleep. You see, I love it. I, so you're I, not bothered, are you? No. You're not bothered by it. Well. Maybe Kat's Hessian sack thing might have got to me a bit, but like... we stuck love... somewhere. Yeah, and that's a creepy environment and you can't get out necessarily. Because even though you could technically get out, you're waiting for people to come in that, you know, you're in that character so you don't want to blow it because kind of go- sorry I popped out because there was something in there watching me would probably not have cut it do you know what I mean but when <laughs> I moved from that house so I've just defecated <laughs> <laughs> sorry um, I am um, yeah I left that house because my dad had died and Nathan my friend said to me it's definitely a man, you're right, but I can't tell who it is. I wonder if it's your dad. But then when I moved, it didn't come with me. I was really sad. So whenever I move, I'm like, right. <laughs> and I'm not, oh, I, gosh. I'm not sure this house is quite a new house, but the TV switched itself on in my bedroom oh, yesterday. Oh no, thank you. So I don't know if it's something <laughs> here or something has come with me from I was like, oh, oh they definitely attract they, it. So, they attach to you. You're never coming yeah. in my house. You can stay out. Absolutely not. So I've, Absolutely I've not. I've been two places with Catherine, Harvington, which we've spoken about, and Tutbury. And both places she, 
you, you did you felt something and you saw something didn't you both times I'm like you know, I was like shopping list I don't know whatever else I could think of to <laughs> that one at Tutbury though that one that um she calls her Ellie doesn't she Leslie calls mm. her Ellie this don't little girl so... don't let me talk about those little in your oxen <laughs> yeah. you this don't. is my oxen Janet um, naming them invites them to stay don't name them and little girl ghosts or little boy ghosts are the worst they are terrifying I hate that so much well, this this little so I don't know if people know much about Tutbury but it's in the the bedroom and that they wouldn't let people in there for a while apparently but it's not a massive space is it so no. now they've got part of <laughs> Just read, I just read the green eyed hippies comment and it's, it's chilled me to my core. Oh, that's immense. Oh. You're going to get that in a nursing home, though, weren't you? At work two years ago, I was doing the night shift at a care home and I was oh. sitting in the office doing care notes, and all I can hear is footsteps dragging them on the carpet. Absolutely oh. not. You're in a nursing home. We, we also have Tudor. I would not be. I would leave. <laughs> I would be out of the window. Absolutely not. Oh my goodness. So Tudor Age 970 this is I was at Blackness Castle um a few years uh, ago. Black and white one uh, wandering around, a great big wave of despair came over me. It felt uh, it felt as I felt the previous occupants. Oh, I see. So you could kind of oh feel the the, mm, the people. The people. Oh my um, gosh. When your four-year-old asks you, why can't you see those Roman soldiers, mummy? Oh no, oh no! I would, I just, <laughs> I, I want him to talk, but at the same time, I don't now. Oh no! But Oscar used to be quite worried, but now the last house we were at, that's the one I was going to tell you about. There's a little girl that used to call out, "Mummy, mummy," and she, yeah. mo- she moved Oscar's um, um, laundry bin, and he was like, "My laundry bin's moved," and I was like. Yeah, that'll be that little girl that lives on the... I know, he said that'll be that little girl that lives on the landing. And he was like, I thought so. But the house we lived in before, it lived outside his bedroom and it used to move the rugs about. And so I said, will you please leave my rugs alone? Yeah. And it started leave moving shoes alone, about. And that used to take things. Items of clothes used to go missing. So I just go, look, please, can I have my whatever it is back? What you need to do is and get it'd a be in the dirty because washing. then you can blame, <laughs> blame yeah. the dog. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that leaves little... the laundry. Uh, sorry, go on. It says, I'm so sensitive. I blast Billy Idol and tell the ghost to get out, covering all my bases. No, thank you. Nope, lol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, moo, 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 moo. How moo, what was supposed to say? Moo guys, moo guys. Moo guys. Did a uh, did a paranormal overnight at Loftus Hall in Ireland? Oh, the chapel had some stuff. You brave, brave person. Um, cat, I'm surprised you're the one who that's afraid. I am. I, know, I right? am. I anything supernatural can can GTFO. Frankly, <laughs> give me a slasher like um. <laughs> Anytime, like what's his face yeah. from Halloween? Child's play. I'll fight him. I, I don't care. I'll, <laughs> I don't bring it on, Mike Myers. I'll, let's see you. I'll see you on the on the flip side, fool. But Blair Witch Project, absolutely not. Um, Six Sense, you can sod off. I went and watched um, Orphan. Right, my friend had been to see it. Me and Jane went to see it. My husband and I said, "Oh, I don't know. Is it is it like ghosts? Because I don't really like things with ghosts." And my housemate told me that Orphan, with with Tomas in it, had some supernatural themes 
the liar, the goddamn liar. We'd only been dating a few days. Um, and so we would see it, and the pair of us were just, we walked out and we just looked at him and went, I didn't like that. <laughs> no, I didn't like Aww. it either. I was like, well, why did we leave? And he's like, well, I, I thought you might be enjoying it. I was like, I was absolutely not enjoying it. There was a, a creepy, sack-faced ghost baby. I hated that so much. And now I live with you because I can't live alone anymore. That's what's happened. No. I've now moved in. That's you what happened. And now we're married. That's how it happened. It, but like, you both put the other one, one thing led to another. It. So yeah. you sacked it out. Basically, I watched a ghost so... story. I moved in with him and now I'm, now I'm married. We have a baby. That's how it I'm happened. A baby. That's, yeah, that's, I fear did it. So anybody out there, anybody out there that is, it. Needs, needs a girlfriend. Um, good origin story. Yeah. Like Green-eyed hippie. The shower used to come on randomly. I'd go in to check and it would be freezing. And I stood there and the shower continued and then suddenly stopped. I ran out. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Well done. I, yes. That, that Jaylee says, girl. don't be afraid, cat. They won't hurt you. Well, according to my son. <laughs> That's what they want you to believe. Yeah, though, but isn't if, it? If, if, if they, like, if any of the ones I'd had were dangerous... Why did nothing ever happen to me? They weren't going to hurt me. Because you're not scared of them. If, if, you're, if you're afraid of them, then they're like, I'm going to mess with I you. I feel it. I'm, yeah, yeah. It's but like then, dogs. <laughs> yeah. But Bite then that little yeah. girl at Tutbury, when I went in to her and Leslie said, right, just close your eyes and put your hand out. No. And why? why? <laughs> Do you think, feel it like in your fingers? And I was like, it started at the bottom of my body and it came up. And at some point, I don't know what happened, but I, I wasn't like I hadn't left this realm or something, but I wasn't, I knew that things were there, but I was just crying and I could just feel her and she was, she's little and she's distressed. And Leslie said to us afterwards, yeah, we think something bad happened to her. Like she was yeah. murdered or something like that. And then mm. but she said, have other people say, then there's a staircase in there. And I think some are like during the Civil War, you know, like a lot of, um, I can't remember if it was, um, I think it was actually Charles's men, wasn't it? And his son that was supposed to have come down this staircase. And she said, but mm. people say that's not, not, you know, over there, something bad's there. Yes, 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 yes. You Quite go off. in there, there's a cupboard and a staircase. There is evil by that wall, oh, there is evil there. I would know it's awful, horrible, yeah. horrible. But equally, there are there are there are there are they have a lot of children's groups, uh, you know, schools visiting, and she quite often will have a child saying, "Who's that?" And it and it and it will be another child sat on that staircase that comes out of the great hall, that little little sort of escape staircase. Anyway, uh, Laurie Wayne says, "I had okay. some activity after my son was born. Lamps would go on, toys would go off. Oh, yeah. toys always blinking go off. I swear to God, the manufacturers know. Uh, <laughs> and and the video camera would turn itself on. Never had the nerve to see if anything was recorded. Oh Lord! You oh have Lord! To watch that. Oh, you're then a pervert, Catherine. Catherine. Catherine, you're a pervert. Catherine, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely not. What is wrong you. with you, you deviant? Absolutely uh, not. Absolutely Laurel leaves and laundry. I hear my doll's house pieces. Anyone who doesn't follow Laurel leaves and laundry, go and follow uh, on Instagram. You do some fantastic. Um, just I, what yeah. do you call them? Like a. They're pe pe called the peg. Well, you know, little stories. Like, yes, yeah. but um, what, uh, there's a word I'm, I'm looking for. Um, I hear my doll's house pieces. Oh goodness, I need to turn it off myself off then. Um, my doll house pieces move around when I'm watching TV. 
honestly, both kids have seen a little girl. Billy Idol, he's cranking up and the sage diffuser is on. Yes, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tudor age 1973, Carlisle Castle. I haven't been there, actually. Mm. When in the cell where they kept Jacobite prisoners, you can hear the moving of chains and a slight breeze goes past you too as they try to go to where there had been a window do you know actually um uh, uh sorry green-eyed hippie the radio at work used to turn on randomly on my night shift and the volume would go up and down constantly until i would turn it off um i was just that's just a, the, <laughs> the carlisle castle has just reminded me of one um <coughs> uh 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 uh, uh Oh my goodness, where was I when I was in the cells that they kept um, people accused of witchcraft? Um, where was I? Uh, 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 begins with a C, Boudicca burnt it down. Colchester. Yes. Um, uh, it, you can go down into the, uh, the <laughs> Jaylee thinks the, the computer keeps crashing. I think I have a ghost now. Yeah, that's definitely the case. Um, but yeah, so I went down and you can go down into the cells where they kept witches. And this was, we've talked about this torture method before, mm. haven't we? They basically just kept them awake. Mm. And I, um, because I do a lot of filming and, and photographs and stuff, I wait until places are empty. <laughs> <laughs> cat's face what <laughs> so that i can obviously get well i don't like to you know especially if they're small places it's not it's not it's not a good idea to have somebody right up close to you and whatever anyway so i'm in there on my own and if you want to have a look there's a reel on my instagram um i think there's two <laughs> i obviously must have decided not to i don't know why i did it in two but anyway there's a reel of it in my uh, uh on my instagram but yeah that was um i wouldn't say i was spooked um but it was uh, there was an energy you, you definitely got a feeling um yeah so and, i hate this with my whole heart <laughs> you see but you see when a person dies energy doesn't die yeah but so it can leave me alone can't it <laughs> i'm no one like i i get you i'm really sad for you energy blah 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 off you pop bye bye no no <laughs> No, thank you. Uh, lava leaves and laundry. Some places have such dark energy. Yes. Now, um, I've, the, the radio thing reminds me of a story I was reading. Ready for this? But I decided not. Sorry, cat. I decided not to go into it. But anyone who's interested in this kind of thing, look up, look up Drake Low Tunnels in Worcestershire. And this was a huge underground site um, where uh, it was it was an it was a factory, a shadow factory in the war. And um, there was a, there was seven deaths in total in there through various different things that I won't go into at the moment. But they're underground and the shifts were 10 hours long. So one of the things they did was pipe in music. So we're in the 1940s, right? And they're piping in, in music through the tannoy system to try and obviously raise the spirits of the people who are there. Raise the spirits. Raise spirits. Yes. <laughs> Not literally, but yes. And... Um, and, and this site, this site's still there, actually. They're, they're going to hopefully make it into a museum pretty soon. Um, and uh, But there's been various caretakers that when the site's been abandoned or empty, they still remain and they, 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 they go around the site doing what caretakers do. And one night, uh, the caretaker was locking up after some electricians had been in to do some work and he could hear a radio on. And so, the, I mean, there's three and a half miles of these tunnels, by the way. It's huge. It's a grid system. I won't go into why. It's very clever. Have a look at draclotunnels.co.uk. And um, 
and and so he goes to the tunnel where the electricians have, have been working he cannot find this radio so he spends the next three and a half hours traipsing around every part of this three and a half mile complex only to never discover the radio and do you know what was playing 1940s music Seal it up, seal them up, seal them up. So the tunnels need to be sealed up. Seal them up. Stop this it, at once. Seal it up. Seal it up with concrete and barbed wire at once. I'm no. not feeling cat will not be Absolutely going to the museum. Um, an American Scrafano. I live out, uh, outside of Rome. I love Rome. I can't wait to get back to Rome. Um, and the most chilling places I've ever been to are the Milvian Bridge and around the Vatican. The Vatican has a lot of creepy areas I at bet night. It does. Yeah, I bet it does. Um, Jaylee, have you ever been to the jailhouse on Bodmin? No, uh, a very interesting experience. I found it upsetting because, well, firstly, I don't like the dark. And when you go down the bottom, that's just because I don't like it. It's got nothing to do with ghosts. I just don't like the dark. I just don't know what's in it, do you? No, now I'm given eyes to see with, so it's like... And it's pitch black down there, and all they 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 hollowed out all the, these just rough things. I don't like the smell. It's just horrible. But it, it upset me because they used to put small children down there, and that oh, really, no. really that really upset me. And then mm. there was just these like tiny little bits of light. Knows why I thought going down there was a good idea. I'm not going. Anyway, never, never so going. you go. Yeah, anyway, you go further up, and they've got, there's a, a bit outside where they used to get them on the hamster wheel to help, like you know, generate <laughs> whatever hamster it is. Wheel. Well, you know, yeah, like they, they, they get those. them all in to yeah. like, yeah, to yeah. generate power to it probably it was it's essentially a big hamster wheel. Um, but then um on the seventh floor, maybe not as high as that, it was it was a space where the gallows were, if you had the gallows <gasps> inside. Now oh. at the time I was like oh, quite a few years younger than I am now. And um I didn't know how I felt about going in there. And um it had a feel to it, but mm. I thought that was my imagination saying to me, you're going to feel weird because you've been in there. So now I want to go back, not to the downstairsy bit under the ground, just into that one floor to see how it feels. You have fun with that. Tell me nothing about it. <laughs> Love you long time. Oh, Jay Lee says Kat needs her tea. She needs a supper. You do. And some and, therapy. Uh, and the exorcist. <laughs> Your baby. Gabriel. Oh, yeah. He's so cute. He is so um, cute. I have to sage the baby now, aren't I? I have to sage it. <laughs> it's happen. Right. Let's, we've done an hour and a half, ladies. Honestly, we, we can talk for England. Good job. We do. So, no, we don't really. Uh, well, we could. <laughs> we could. I we think could we'd go probably, all night. We could go all night. So That's what she said. Boy. Thank you for joining us for History After Dark. This has been ghost stories and the telling of them throughout history and with our own little <laughs> bits of... I mean, it, it's fair. We were going to have some personal experiences, weren't we? The amount of old places that we get to go to... Um, it would have been a bit disappointing if we didn't have ha- mm. didn't have any. So you can catch this again if you would like to relive it, or if you didn't manage, <laughs> if you didn't manage. Cat doesn't want to catch it again. See it all, yeah, <laughs> on my done. IGTV. 
done. Um, next week, we're having a week off, but we'll be back the following Wednesday, for which I've got no idea what date that is. But anyway, it November will be the other Wednesday. The Wednesday yep. Yeah, uh, we'll be on Cat's channel. So uh, that's at Katrina.Marchant. Um, and I will, where we will be sharing details of the podcast as well uh, as soon as um, I sort it out. It's not far off, so that's cool. Pleasant dreams to everyone, says an American Spermano. Yes, indeed. Uh, we hope we, we hope you sleep well after this. Uh, <laughs> I will. I won't, because I'm all excited thinking about it. <laughs> oh, you are odd. There's not being scared <laughs> and there's being you. Yeah. Okay, everyone. <laughs> so, um, Green-eyed hippie, I live for this day of the week. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm sorry that we're going to be missing you next week, but we will be back in all our glory. <laughs> um, the week no after. more ghosts. No more ghosts. No more ghosts. No. Cat is done with the ghosts. Done, so, so, now, now. done for the year. Finished with yeah. that. Thank you very much. <laughs> Eternity. Yeah. So thank you so much everyone for joining us. Make sure you're following all of us because we are awesome and you can get links from our bio to go and find out all the other amazing stuff that we're doing as well. Um, sharing history with you beautiful people. So thank you all for joining us. Have a fabulous rest of the day, <laughs> evening. <laughs> Try nice. and sleep well. And, uh, and we'll see you all really soon. Bye. Thanks. Bye, bye. everyone. Bye.